Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features Eileen Chow, the Batten Family Bicentennial Teacher Scholar in Leadership and the Associate Professor of Public Policy at the Frank Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy at the University of Virginia. Professor Chow researches the organizational, social, and psychological forces that shape individual and group behavior in organizational settings. She explores questions such as how the terms of contracts promote or inhibit cooperation among team members, whether and when hierarchy is an effective mechanism of social organization, how trust can be used as a strategic tactic, and whether or not it truly is lonely at the top. In this podcast, Professor Chow will talk with us about leadership. So thank you so much, Professor, for speaking with me today. Thank you so much, Susan, for having me. Great. So first, can you start by really defining what you mean by leadership? Sure. Uh, What is leadership? Being in a school of leadership and public policy, you can imagine that we've given this question a lot of thought. How do you define it? Um, In fact, a few years ago, when we went through our curriculum redesign, we had a thought exercise where we asked all of our colleagues, regardless of uh, their discipline, their range or or the position, uh, to just sit around a table and and each contribute to uh, and write down what they think leadership means. And when you force someone to articulate a definition, the answers are surprisingly um, or, or not so surprising from my perspective, similar. And so how do we define leadership? Leadership, as I define it, is the capacity to integrate, enable, and motivate a group of individuals towards a common and positive goal. And it is my belief and the belief of the band school that leaders are made. They're not born. Okay, great. So that that's, then leads to this following question. So can leadership be taught? And you know, this is a question that I've thought about quite a bit myself. And I recall having a conversation about this exact question with a colleague of mine who I consider to be a particularly effective leader. And so again, can leadership be taught? I, I believe so. Otherwise, uh, my, my colleagues and I might be out of a job right now. <laughs> and so to, to uh, jokes aside, uh, to address that question, we have to first think about what leadership means. Right? Earlier we define leadership, but what does that mean? Uh, and we can start by thinking about examples of inspiring leaders, people who want us to, to be better versions of ourselves. And what are some of the common qualities and common characteristics? According to research uh, from organizational behavior and from leadership, Inspiring leaders are those who provide a vision and a purpose, those who empower other individuals and then provide a situation, uh, create a situation where they can thrive. And this is someone who exemplifies uh, desirable behaviors. Inspiring leaders tend to be of those who uh, will ask others the same as what they will ask for themselves. These are the type of people who will share successes when things go right, but take the blame uh, when things go wrong. And so indeed, we've all met people who are just naturally charismatic, who just shine with leadership qualities. Uh, but at the same time, we've also met so many unsung heroes um, who would just step up 
um, and initiate positive change uh, from uh, all corners of the uh, of the organization and a community uh, when few people may expect them to do so. Why is that? I will argue that it is because leadership is actually characterized by a set of behaviors rather than simply personality traits. And when you take it from that perspective, then leadership can certainly be taught. And, and that is what we do here at Band School. Um, we uh, we, through both uh, research and teaching, we empirically uh, investigate various leadership strategies that are grounded in behavioral science, decision science, and social psychology. We then use experiential and active learning methods to help impart those knowledge so that people will be, will be better uh, and more effective leaders regardless of their natural charisma. Gotcha. So I wonder, as a, as a quick follow-up to that, sure. Um, I'm sure within your school, there's the whole concept of the servant leader. I've heard that term. Okay. And um, I would think that would specifically ring true within the School of Public Policy. I wonder if you could just speak to that whole concept of a servant leader. Sure. A servant leader is someone who will create uh, a create situation so that other people can shine. These are the type of people who may not be the first, but when you ask who is the leader within, within this group, they might, may not be the first name that will come up, but upon reflection, these are the folks that uh, others realize who is instrumental in creating positive change for the, for the school. A uh, servant leader is someone who may not always ask or seek attention, and some, sometimes uh, servant leaders are very embarrassed by the attention that may be showered on them, or rather just will quietly do the things to set up the situation, to set up the context so that other people will thrive. There are multiple styles of leadership. Um, and what we want to be aware of is people have people are uh, comfortable with different styles. And so in our classes and through our research, what we want to do is we want to develop our, our students so that they can find a style that they're most comfortable with. And they can, uh, through that lens, and they can de uh, develop the strategies that will work best for them. Yes. Okay, great. So, you know, a lot of our alumni out there are serving in leadership roles already, or they're seeking to be in a leadership position in the future. So what are the key skills that leaders need to master and that you're really trying to teach your students about? Sure. Um, in my class, one of the goals that I have is I want to develop leaders, future leaders, uh, who can lead not just effectively, but also empathically and ethically. And so this means that leaders are not just simply decision makers, um, rather leaders succeed by changing the behaviors of, of, of individuals, of uh, organizations, uh, communities, uh, or government for the better. And so this could come from anywhere within an organization, uh, separate from the particular role that they may hold. Uh, so thinking back to uh, my definition of, of, of leadership, one key characteristic that seems to be missing from that definition is the idea of role, actually, right? Um, we don't, I don't talk about ranks. I don't talk about, about, about standing, about role. And that's, uh, that, that's uh, by design because leadership can come from anywhere. So even for someone who's not seeking a leadership role or 
someone who's not currently holding a leadership role, they can still try to master these uh, leadership skills, uh, the key leadership skills. So what, what are these leadership skills? Um, again, I want to go back to uh, the definition of leadership that I provided earlier, the capacity to enable, integrate, and motivate a group of individuals for a common and positive goal. That, tell, that, that provides a framework, right? Integrate, enable, and motivate. And so what a leader needs to do is a leader needs to, in no particular order, um, a leader needs to know how to mold consensus, how to design effective team culture, how to handle tough decisions when they need to allocate scarce resources, how to navigate emotional laden conversation, how to handle crises, how to create uh, a values-based vision, and then how to share that with all of the stakeholders involved. And so this will require them to understand decision-making heuristics and biases so that they will not fall prey to them when they have to make decisions and ways to utilize these decision-making biases and heuristics so that they can persuade others uh, to join the cause. It also requires them to learn negotiation and conflict management strategies. Uh, it requires them to understand different cultural dimensions and what makes a team effective. It, it requires them to understand values-based leadership. How do you create value proposition? It requires them to understand how do you articulate the, 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 the divisions? What are some of the governance structures that you can use to uh, promote a sense of unity, a sense of purpose, and how to uh, facilitate cooperation? Uh, for example, if, if you don't mind me um, uh, making a plug for one of my own research, um, in my own research, I find that in the, in the US, uh, we tend to have a negative uh, we tend to have a negative outlook on the concept of hiring. We tend to think a, a lot of research uh, surrounds, uh, supports that viewpoint that when you make an organization more hierarchical, uh, people may disengage. We find uh, research show that uh, when the uh, pay uh, between the highest, uh, highest position holders, typically the CEO, um, and it's too uh, different from, let's say, an entry-level uh, person, and then there are higher turnover rates. Um, in a concept called collective intelligence, which originated from uh, CMU um, by uh, Anita Woolley, uh, what they find is that when within an organization, when there are more equal participation uh, in terms of voice, uh, they tend to have a higher collective intelligence above and beyond the highest intelligence of their individual team members and the average intelligence of everyone else. So it seems to suggest that flatter hierarchy tend to outperform uh, a more steep hierarchy. From my research, however, we look at that may not always be the case. Uh, social scientists often say everything depends, right? And in this case, what we wanted to do is we wanted to find out different uh, factors that will allow hierarchy to actually be more effective in promoting, promoting performance. And so through that research, what we did was we coded, we, we tried to find a context first, um, and we uh, started looking to sport. Our basketball uh, teams are doing awesome um, this year, still undefeated uh, for both men and women. Basketball is awesome. Um, and, and so that's actually the context that we use for our research. Basketball um, is has been referred to as the quintessential team sport, whereas other sports such as baseball, it's still a team sport, but if you think about it, defense and offense are usually dyadic. Basketball requires all five members to work together. And so in our research, we, look, we looked at 
task interdependent as a key uh, de uh, defining feature to whether or not having greater hierarchy within an organization will actually help. Uh, help the individual outcome. And through that research, we showed uh, basketball teams, we, inter uh, we looked at the data of 11 seasons of NBA performance uh, through all of their teams. And we found um, that in, within basketball, which is an interdependent sport, um, higher, the higher, greater hierarchy actually leads to better on-court on performance, which leads to uh, more games won. So just to summarize, one of the things uh, that a leader needs to understand is they have to understand what is the best uh, team structure to create? What are some of the, uh, the, the key personalities that you want to put into place? What are some of the networks that you may want to develop so that you get all of the information necessary? And what, when should you do all of these things under different circumstances? Gotcha, okay, thank you. Um, you know, and finally, you've spoken about this a little bit, but if you could expound, so how does behavioral science um, you know, really help us become better leaders. How does behavioral science help us become better leaders? Um, this re reminds me of something I often say to my, to my colleagues and also to my students. Um, in, my, in my classes, I, I will often say, if you forget everything that we discussed throughout the, the entire semester, which I hope they don't, uh, but if they forget everything, there's one thing that I want them to remember, which is people, are not objects. When we put pressure on an object, it goes in a direction that we want them to go. When we put pressure on another person, they tend to push back. And so what we want to do to become a better leader is not to push people, it's not to give them so much direction and structure um, so that they will do what we want to do. Rather, we should create circumstances and situations so that they will do, uh, they will go in the direction that we want them to. Um, and so behavioral science gives us uh, uh, strategies that will allow us to do that. Behavioral science tells us about choice architecture. It tells us about uh, how to motivate other individuals and under what circumstances may people make the wrong choices. And so what can we do to help with that? Behavioral science uh, help us to uh, make it more clear that how that people are not objects and what happens when you start to treat uh, people as people and that will then determine whether or not you can be a better leader. Gotcha. So as we go forward and as we are in our positions and as we seek to be leaders, we need to think more about those types of things, maybe seek out some, some uh, studies for us to think about uh, as we move forward in our careers. Yeah. That, that All right. So thank you so much, uh, Professor Chow, for sharing this information, you know, about your research. It gives us information to think about as far as leadership and, and how to think about that, the kinds of characteristics that uh, we should think about for ourselves and for our colleagues as we uh, move forward in our work. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with UVA's alumni, friends and families. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to be here today. Okay, great. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website at engagement.virginia.edu forward slash learn. You can also find our podcasts on Spotify and with the Virginia Audio Collective, which is a network of UVA podcasts hosted by WTJU Radio. 
and can be found at virginiaaudio.org. So uh, thanks again, and we look forward to taking part in future lifetime learning programs. 